Ready? Well, I would. No, hang yeah. on. Hang on. Okay. I'm hanging I want, on. I want you to close your wait, eyes. Wait, 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 wait. One, one hand, both hands. What? <laughs> close what your am eyes. I hanging on with? One hand. Okay. Both hands. Close your okay, eyes. Okay. Everybody yeah. else, close your eyes. Everybody, close your eyes. I'm clenching. Okay. I want everybody to imagine for a moment. Oh crap! What I'm if? Going to be bad at this. What if this most recent phase of Marvel was good? What if? <laughs> just, just imagine. <laughs> what if? So, what if Go. there was no She-Hulk? <laughs> What if there was no She-Hulk, no Moon Knight, no no Quantumania? <laughs> God, yeah. Qu- Quantumania was bad. It was so bad. Quantumania was kind of like, are you just dicking around with us now? Like, yeah. is this? Like, we've is this talked a, about is how this there, a joke? there have been some good. There's been some good stuff. Guardians of the Galaxy was really good. Um, it was really good. Yep. Yeah. No Way Home was obviously. Yeah. We, regardless of whether or not No Way Home was good, like a good film standalone on its own, it was a great experience. It was a yeah. fun time. Strange wasn't bad. Multiverse of Madness uh, wasn't bad. Although it's divisive. Yeah, it is I divisive. like Eternals. I think I think Eternals was good. Oh I yeah, liked Eternals. Eternals. Mm, yeah, yeah, Eternals was yeah definitely one of those. Yeah, now it's bad, created wasn't, problems yeah. because no one's talking about the giant dead celestial <laughs> in the ocean. Yes, yes. But that's, yeah. you know, neither here nor there. Yeah. Obviously, Shang-Chi was brilliant. Yeah. But yeah, there's been there's been hiccups there's been, along yeah. the road. The what I was going to say <laughs> is I would like to pretend that there is, not even pretend, I would like to submit the notion that there is an alternate universe out there in which we did this review in a more timely fashion. It happened. <laughs> it happened. Some, it was just somewhere, a different universe. Sometime. We did. It just got lost to the annals of weeks and months. And, and yeah, and we yeah, got to it. Yeah. Hello and welcome <laughs> to the Movie Men podcast. We are the B team. That my, my not so multiverse traveling friend there is Carl. And uh, over, over there. Sitting in some celestial chair of righteousness is Brady. I'm actually <laughs> it, it, so common misconception. I'm actually um, I'm I'm actually keeping the tree together. Ah. I'm actually you know um, you know Loki's I, sitting on much, you. <laughs> well, much <laughs> yeah, I wish Tom Hiddleston is a dream. Uh, no, much like much like you know the seat fillers at the Oscars because they don't want the seats to look empty. Right. Loki was just a fill-in for me, um, and he did his job, and and it was you know it was great. Um, we're here, and we are reviewing the. I was going to say highly anticipated. I don't know that that's true. I mean, for I sure, would say for some people, not highly. And the anticipated, um, what if season two? Obviously, we had what if season one. I said we didn't review what if season one, but I've talked about. Um, with you on the podcast a couple of times, sort of my thoughts on what if season one. And and it was kind of like, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, I really enjoyed but it's, it. It's, it. But for me, it's like, you know, this isn't like top tier. <clears throat> this isn't like must watch Marvel. No. And it's that's, that's like what the yeah, what if comics fun. are. They're, they've never been, even the comics themselves haven't been like, 
you must get this comic. It's the greatest comic ever. They've always right. been like these fun side stories. It was like, oh man, that's a cool idea. Let's let's explore yeah. that. So we're going to we're going to review all of season two together, yeah. one episode. We're just going to kind of nine episodes in one episode. Yeah. So I've got a little bit of a breakdown of what each episode is here. So I thought I would read just the quick short little paragraph of what each episode is. And then once I'm done reading that, we can just give our thoughts on it. And and if there's anything specific about that episode, we want to talk about, you know, then, then great. Um, I do want to, let's quickly do an initial impression of the season overall. My initial impression of the season overall. I've never seen a show that has in season one, so interestingly set up a conflict and then come season two, not even episode one of season two, but come season two about halfway through explained away that entire conflict in one line of dialogue. What conflict is this? That Ultron has all of the infinity stones and that he's like breached right. the multiverse, and, and all of the heroes are have to now come together. Right. So all of the heroes from yeah. the independent stories in the first one have to now come they together. They wrapped that up last season, though. No, nah, it still yes, there was cliffhanger did. things. No, no, no. It was. It no. was a, I think it was a pretty clean it because episode eight was when Ultron won. He sees the Watcher, and episode nine, Watcher brings together all the what if stories characters pretty much uh to, to as a multiverse avengers to stop ultron and they are stop you him. sure they yes, are you they, sure they stop him cold because what ends up happening is killmonger ends up with all the infinity stones and they and then the dark doctor strange that we meet earlier in the season you're right he he encapsulates that uh, killmonger in a kind of time bubble yep. Yep, you're right. thing. And he's stuck there for eternity. So yeah. What if yeah. last season cleaned itself up really neat? In my opinion, last season worked well, but it didn't need those last, the, ep, the I think the last two episodes were kind of unnecessary. So like, you would have rather they all just stayed independent stories. Yeah, I would. Right. Which is yeah. one okay. of my issues with this season. Okay. Yeah. No, that's fine. So like, yeah. Well, it, yeah, it's nice that it was just the last two, like up until episode eight of nine, they were independent stories. Yeah. No, well, no. and, and yeah, and they're definitely not all independent stories in this one. No, eventually they kind of, we, but they weave each other together. I mean, we'll get into this, but they weave each other together in a really, yeah. Suspend disbelief, sloppy kind of way. Um, and so, yeah, we'll we'll get into that. Um, do you have any more of an is- initial impression or that's kind of also um, kind of covered? We'll it leave it at that for now. Okay. All right. So episode yeah. one is what if Nebula joined the Nova Corps? Nova Prime recruits Nebula to join the Nova Corps following Ronan the Accuser's successful coup against Thanos. Five years later, 
after Xandar is sealed off from the universe to protect itself from Ronan's forces, Nebula discovers Yondu's body and receives orders from Nova Prime to investigate. She learns that Yondu located the codes to open the planetary shield and enlists Kree soldier Yon Rogue Rog to infiltrate the Nova Corps mainframe and destroy them. Yon Rog betrays her, revealing that he and Nova Prime plan to give up Xandar to Ronan. Nebula survives an uh, execution attempt by Nova Prime's men, subsequently enlisting casino or owner howard the duck yeah it was kind of fun yeah. and his subordinates groot meek and korg to stop nova prime <clears throat> during their fight nebula reveals that uh she realized nova Corps' defection when she assigned when she assigned the mission to her and altered the code so that the shield would close again as Ronan's ship, the Dark Aster, enters Xandar, destroying it and killing Ronan. Nova Prime tries to escape, but falls to her death. The shield reopens as Nebula prepares to continue defending Xandar. Um, the cast that we have that are like notable casts, obviously, is Karen Gillant is in it as Nebula. Jude Law is in there as Jan Rog you know, sort of reprising his role from Captain Marvel. Um, Seth Green is in there as Howard the Duck. You have Michael Rooker as Yondu. Uh, Taika Waititi's there as Korg. I think that's sort of the the general, right? Yeah, of, good, of, of, of the live action. Because mm. obviously it's not Glenn Close's voice doing Nova Prime, and it's not, you know, yeah. there's a couple other, it's not... It's not Vin Diesel doing Groot. Um, okay, so it's always fun to see Taika Waititi as Korg. <laughs> In any MCU yeah. content with Korg, is it's a good day. Um, yeah, he's a fun Howard character. The, <laughs> Howard the Duck is fun to have Howard the Duck in there, and, and I think that... I think that Marvel's realized that outside of the little post-credit scenes and the nods here and there that they've done with Howard the Duck, you really can't, like, this is, if Howard the Duck is going to live in the MCU anywhere, it's in animated Elseworld stories. <laughs> like, it's, you're not, you're not going to, they're not going to do a Howard the Duck movie. Yeah. Not again. <laughs> not again. Um, uh, my overall take on this episode was, it was fine. But why? Like, I just, I just didn't, like, I just didn't care. And it felt like, in particular, it felt like a weird mm. and weak B-list character centric episode to start off your season with. Really? To kick things off. This is the season premiere about Nebula? Like, yeah, you know, Nebula, you know, warmed all our hearts and whatever in Guardians of the Galaxy 3, and we all warmed up to Nebula over the years, and, and we all care about her now, and, and whatever. But compared to some of the other, like, major, like, ooh, like, you know, you look at the list of questions that Season 2 is posing, and what if Nebula joined the Nova Corps? Doesn't seem like season premiere material to me. Interesting. Interesting yeah, take. I don't know. Hmm. So I didn't like I ultimately didn't have any 
major issues with it. I wasn't like, well, this is dumb. This is, you know, whatever. (laughs) But I also just didn't care. Like, I just, this wasn't Mm. an interesting question to me to to pose. Right. I would say, like, the question what if, the what if question that is posed here, what if Nebula joined the core? I would agree with you that the what if question is... It uh, feels uninteresting a little bit, but I would say what they, for me, what they did with the story and the feel and the vibe and, and was like exactly what I want from a what if story is, is perfect. Right. Right. Okay. You've got like, when you think of Nova, the, the, the planet, every time we've kind of seen it, it's like well lit it's all it, it looks like a utopia right he, here it's flipped it's like cyberpunk dark dirty grimy very blade runner inspired this episode right and right. and i we see characters who are not fitting their normal molds and characters interacting with each other other who normally wouldn't with like Korg fitting into this group. Right. And Nebula being on the Nova core. So, ah, man, I just thought, yeah, this, this worked for me as a, what if episode though, as a whole. Right. Okay. Yeah. So really, I, I feel like it set a good tone for a, what if season. Okay. I mean, so we disagree, but that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Um, I think the question could have been better to really like punch punch up the interest of it, but yeah, but like for season for the the premiere, right? Like to kick things off, it's just like a. It doesn't seem like a title. It doesn't seem like a premise that is going to suck people in yeah. and make them want to watch their day one because this was like this this season was the big like nine episodes every day for nine days straight, finishing off twenty twenty three. Kind of, they tried to make a big event and spectacle out of it. Yeah, so and it just like, seems like a weird a way to kick title your spectacle off. Might have been something like "What if Nebula saved Xandar?" Uh, yeah, maybe that sounds yeah. a little more interesting than Nebula joining Nova. I yeah, yeah, maybe. I yeah, I, I agree. I, but, I yeah. And maybe okay. that maybe that gives away too much for the ending. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> okay. <throat> Next up, we have what if Peter Quill attacked Earth's mightiest heroes? So already right off the bat, a more interesting. You're like, oh wait, what? Oh snap! Right, like that's an interesting yeah question. Yeah. In 1988, the Ravagers take Peter Quill to Ego who urges him to help his expansion across the universe. Six months later, after ravaging several worlds, Quill returns to Earth in response... uh, Quill returns to Earth. In response, Peggy Carter and Howard Stark recruit Bill Foster, King T'Chaka of Wakanda, Bucky Barnes, Dr. Wendy Lawson, and a reluctant Hank Pym, who brings his daughter, Hope Van Dyne, along. After a scuffle on Coney Island, the team detains Quill with help from Thor. 
As the team discusses their next move, Van Dyne frees Quill, who travels to Missouri. As, uh, as T'Chaka, Foster, and Thor aid Carter's forces in holding back Ego, Pym and Lawson encounter Quill, visiting his mother's grave. A sympathetic Pym convinces him to stand against his father. Barnes, under the influence of his manipulators, prepares to assassinate Quill until Stark reminds him of his best friend, Steve Rogers. As Ego overwhelms the heroes and attempts to obtain his seed, this is so weird, Pym and Quill arrive in time to stop him with the latter using the seed to destroy Ego's avatar. The team, minus Barnes, celebrates their victory before setting out to confront Ego himself. Big cast this time. You've got Michael Douglas back as Hank Pym. You have Haley Atwell as Peggy Carter. You have John Slattery as, as Howard Stark. Kurt Russell is back as Ego. Chris Hemsworth is in there as Thor. Lawrence Fishburne is there as Bill Foster. Sebastian Stan is Bucky Barnes. Um, At Atandwa, Atandwa, Connie plays uh, King T'Chaka, which he did in. Um, he plays the young King T'Chaka in the flashback in Black Panther. When you kind of okay. see like the setup for the motivation of Killmonger and, and right. you know, when, when, why that's he kills Killmonger's dad. Yeah. And so that's, <laughs> that's kind of it for the, the returning notable cast. Um, right. you know, yeah, but of, of mention, because this, this talks about, you know, how, uh, well, no. Okay, we'll we'll wait until the next episode to talk about this. But yeah, so there you have it. Um, yeah, much more interesting episode to me. Yes. Yeah. Finally, um, it, nice yeah. to see Peter because I think we just because of the way that he's been done. Like, obviously, it's been talked about in the films and it's whatever, and and we've seen that you know, like it, Peter Quill is like the only human that has physically put hands on an infinity stone and lived to tell the tale. But we often forget that he is part human, but he's also 50% celestial. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a, he's and, 50% and planet eating God too. There's always a question of how much of that remains too. Right. Which they've but, never done. So it, it yeah, and you just and, and you, but you don't really get to see it very often, right? You don't yeah. get to see you get to see Peter do some, you know, like survive in space for a bit without his helmet on and stuff like that. You get to see him do some things that you can explain away, like pretty far fetched things that you explain away by going, oh right, well, but it, he's the son of ego. But we haven't really ever delved into what is Peter capable of if he were to tap into it. And this is an episode that gives us that. This yeah. is full-on, power-enabled, raging Peter Quill. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a, another, like, in terms of a what-if episode, it does a really good job of, like, placing these characters in 
situations we haven't seen before situations of of like yeah it's like the whole episode kind of starts out of like yeah what if yondu didn't didn't or actually took kept his end of the bargain with yeah. with uh, ego and took hip quill to ego yeah instead of having a soft spot and being like oh he's just a kid yeah, yeah. so like ego gets to figure like gets his claws into peter as a child yeah yeah i think it's a great episode mm-hmm. i do i think it's a really great episode um and interestingly, it is, you know, the one episode, so this episode was was directed by Brian Andrews, much like is the case sometimes. Like, in television shows, it's not uncommon for there to be different directors throughout the series, right? Like, oh, this episode was directed by so-and-so. Sometimes you'll see, you know, you'll be watching, I don't know, like Supernatural and, and Jensen Ackles wanted to direct an episode, so they let him direct an episode or whatever, you know, whatever it was. Um, it's it's not, it's especially common for the first season of a show. It, it, it it's, it's especially common for the pilot episode of a show of a traditional broadcast show to be directed by someone else and usually a bigger name right so like in in the case of the show lost right the first episode of lost is directed by jj abrams none of the rest of the show like after that first episode jj abrams really doesn't have anything to do with lost right but everyone always attributes lost to jj abrams Interestingly, all of the episodes of the second season are directed by Brian Andrews, except for the first episode, which so far out of the two that we've talked about is, for me, the weakest episode, who was directed by a, a Stephen Frank. Frank? F-F? It's Frank, but with a C before the K. So, I, 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 Frank, I don't know how Frank, to pronounce that. Frank. 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 Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know why and I don't turn into a duck when I when the sea shows up. Um but so I don't know, right? I don't know if I'm like, oh, I just didn't like the first one cuz it had a different director and I didn't like I I don't know. Um but I think this is a solid episode. I think it's funny. I think it's I think it's got great action in it. It's got like superhero level action. Yeah. Right. And, and, and you get and the it has big to. standoff, have, like a line of tanks and heroes keeping the yeah. things back. And yeah, it's fun there's... to see Hank Pym and Bill Foster in their <clears throat> collaborative days. <clears throat> yeah. Right. Before they're sort of estranged and and ultimately working against each other. There, there's still a little bit of like tension there, though. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I think. Yeah, and you're like you mentioned like there's a lot of like superhero action. You said that and my mind's like yeah yeah this feels very similar to kind of the the action we saw in uh, the first Avengers movie fighting the Chitari yes. like these big uh, action pieces where the heroes kind of work together and use their their powers on large levels on their own and yeah 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 it was good. So- did you you liked this episode? Oh yeah, yeah, this is great. Yeah. Do yeah. you do you agree this is a stronger episode than the first one? Um. Uh, yeah, I think it ekes that out for sure. Yeah. Cool. 
All right. Now, episode three, we have What If Happy Hogan Saved Christmas? And it's just a fun... This is, yeah. It's just, just a fun question, right? It, like, it, it's a, like, it's like they do a great, like, we're kind of before you, I'm, get, I'm getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but they do a great job of kind of spoofing. Um, oh man, I had it. You know what I'm going to say? Uh, uh, die Hard. They do a great job mm-hmm. of spoofing Die Hard in this. It's very Die Hard. Which is pretty much all it is. It's a spoof on Die yeah. Hard. It's very Die Hard. Um, so on Christmas Eve, hang on, I'm going to sneeze. Maybe. Yeah, I did. Uh, Excuse me. On Christmas Eve, Happy Hogan is assigned to oversee security at Avengers Tower for the annual holiday party until Justin Hammer and his henchmen, Sergey and Rusty, break out of prison and assault the tower for Tony Stark's technology and a sample of Bruce Banner's blood. While attempting to save the blood sample, Hogan is accidentally injected with it, causing him to gradually transform into a Hulk-like monster while retaining his intelligence. With the Avengers busy and Stark's AI Jarvis inactive, Hogan contacts Darcy Lewis. Always good to see Darcy show up. Yep. Who tries to find a new AI to reboot the tower systems. However, she is taken hostage by Hammer's group, who hijack the Iron Legion and Stark's Hulkbuster armor. Once his transformation is complete, Hogan destroys the Legion and defeats Hammer. While Hammer is taken back into custody, the Avengers return, praise Hogan for his efforts, and resume their Christmas party. Big cast. We've got John Favreau as Happy Hogan, aka slash the freak. We have Kat Dennings as Darcy Lewis, Kobe Smulders as Maria Hill, Sam Rockwell as Justin Hammer, Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner, Jeremy Renner as Clint Barton, and that's where that's where it ends as far as like the recognizable names. So you've got, but but what I what I was going to bring up in the last one, but it wasn't appropriate to bring up until now. You have Josh Keaton playing Steve Rogers. Okay, great. Lake Bell playing Natasha Romanoff. And the Emmy goes to Mick, Ring, Mick Ringwert, who, like, if you were to, because we've been talking about bringing how they could bring Tony back in the MCU, if they were to bring Tony back into the MCU. And one of the ways that we've been talking about is you bring him back as an AI. You bring him back as like the new Jarvis. Yep. Well, I'm telling you right now, if you were to do that and you were to do it without a visual representation, like without an actual hologram of Tony's face, and it's it's just like Jarvis style with like a you know a visualizer and 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 the voice. And you want to save money because you can't afford to get Robert Downey Jr. back. You get this guy. Yeah. Because holy shit, this guy <clears throat> nailed it. Does a great Robert Downey Jr. Tony Stark. Like there are times you can tell it's not him, but there are times there are lines, inflections, and whatever that he does where you're like, yeah. 
Is it, it Robert Downey Jr.? If you're not reinventing the character and you want somebody to be as Robert Downey Jr. Tony Stark as possible, yeah, this guy does a great job. Oh, he nails it. Nails it. Yeah, it's really, really, really good. Um, I think it's a strong episode, but I'm also... This is a strong episode, and, and this is going to get a little bit into what, you know, what you've kind of said your beef with this season is, um, and, and we'll get into it in a, in a little bit here. But what I will say is I think this is a great episode as... Like, the, this is a straight-up farce, right? This episode yeah. is is strictly farce. And, and, and there have been 1F comics that do the same thing. They kind of, yeah, like, they're and that's not great. serious at all. They're just goofy fun. And so this is a serious, great... Like this is a great episode if you allow it to stand on its own. Yeah. Which... If it's, if which it's off is, on its own and it doesn't tie into anything be, else. In my opinion. Yeah. Um, and so that that's kind (laughs) of right so like on its own when i just watched this episode i was like oh this is great this is a lot of fun right you get to see yeah yeah, you get to see iron legion and you get to see the hulkbuster armor come back you get to see justin hammer again who's like a character that we otherwise have no reason to revisit you get to see happy as his alter ego from the comics yeah right like yeah that's that that is something like that kind of him turning into the freak and having this kind of not being able to control it thing kind of almost like Bruce. Yeah. It's that's a root. That's a comic thing. So it's nice to see that. Right. And they don't have, and now any fan of kind of the freak, I don't know how many there are there, but you know, they've, they've got their taste. They don't, you know, you don't need to necessarily bring it into live action now because it's been, it's been done here. Yeah. I, and, and it's, that is the genius of what if, yeah, right? And and I've said that before. Um, it is, it is. This show is is the vehicle for being able to tell stories and touch on moments and plots from the comics that you otherwise could not do in in the yeah. MCU because can, this is something yeah. like we've we've debated this yeah. right we've talked about this and and I've stayed fairly strong on my you know on my point where you know we talk about how adaptation Right. We talk about like, oh, yeah, you know what? They came out with this movie, but they didn't, you know, there, there was these three things from the comics that they just didn't nail the the exact same yeah. way that it appears in the comics. Or they and, left and, them out completely. Or they left them out completely or, or whatever. They yeah. cha- They made some changes to, you know, whatever it is. And I've been very adamant that, you know, sometimes those changes are made needlessly. Right. Sometimes that's just, you know... Which doesn't necessarily make them wrong either. Sometimes it's just creative liberty and and wanting to adapt and tell your own version and and do whatever. And and I'm not saying that there's necessarily anything wrong with that, but I also think that sometimes those changes are made out of necessity because you can do things in the comics that people love in the comics and 
straight up comic book fans who don't necessarily have filmmaking sensibilities or you know they just they're just consumers they just want to consume the content and and they have it in their mind that what they see in the comics is what they want to see in a film don't understand or don't realize that some things that work well on on the the dots the dotted page on in comic books don't translate well to screen like they just don't you just it it would it would look stupid i i know that's what you think you want but if you actually got it it would be tacky and dumb and lame and you, and you can't and and it would be over the top and stupid and, and or it would change so no, the some, tone of the film. Completely. It would change the tone. Like some yeah. things just need to be yeah. touched like if, up. If, where, if Happy is, Hogan turned into um it turned into the freak at some point in the mar the the the, the cinematic universe, we'd all throw our weird. arms in the air. Yeah, we'd throw our arms in the air and roll like, our eyes what? and go, what, what the hell is this? We already have the Hulk. Why do we need, like, use just use yep. the Hulk? <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So it, it wets the appetites of, th- this is a great space to wet the appetites. Yes, for those, because not, for only, not only is it an Elseworld story where, where it doesn't matter, where you can do whatever you want, but it's also animation. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> and you can get away with a lot more in animation. Yeah. So... Yeah, it is. It's so. Anyways, all that being said, I think this is a great story. I think it's a lot of fun when looked at in a vacuum. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Sure. You don't have anything else to say about this? Nah, it was a great episode. It's a great. It's, what a, it's a it's a die hardy Happy Hogan turns into the freak. It's yeah. like it's great. Yeah. What else do you want from a what if episode? (laughs) Episode four. What if Iron Man crashed into the Grandmaster? In 2012, Tony Stark saves New York City from the Chitauri by redirecting a nuclear missile towards their mothership. However, the wormhole he used closes before he can return to Earth. Here's the thing. This is my, my first and maybe only beef with this episode. This should have been the title. What if Tony didn't make it back through the wormhole? Yeah, I would say I would agree with that. Because the second that was the, while I was watching it, the second it became apparent that that was what was being set up here, I was like, ooh, ooh. Because this is the thing, like this moment in the MCU has been the catalyst for so much of who Tony's character is. Right. Right. And, and yeah. all of the anxiety he faced in Iron Man three and, <clears throat> and it led to age of Ultron and, and putting yeah. a suit of armor around the world. Also, and like, you crashing know. into the grand Ma- He didn't crash into the grand master. No. He crashed no. onto the planet. <laughs> onto Sakaar. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so whatever, uh, causing him to crash land on Sakaar where he is forced to stay by its ruler, the Grand Master. Stark intervenes in a death race to save one of the racers, Korg, and encounters Gamora, who is sent by Thanos to kill Stark for stopping the Chitari before the Grand Master's chief enforcer, Topaz, imprisons the pair. 
Upon learning Gamora's purpose and vowing to stop the Grandmaster, Stark escapes, recruits Korg and Valkyrie, builds a new Iron Man suit, a really badass one, by the way, Yeah, uh, and challenges the Grandmaster to a race for the title of Sakaar's ruler. Though the Grandmaster tries to cheat, Stark ultimately wins, while Valkyrie defeats Topaz and melts the Grandmaster... Uh, such a good moment. He's like, ah, oh, it's so, it's all gooey. <laughs> um, as Valkyrie is crowned king of Sakaar, Stark convinces Gamora to force her own path before joining her in leaving to confront and kill Thanos. In a mid credit scene, the still alive Grandmaster begs Topaz to collect his new puddle form. Why... Why can't, like, it doesn't seem to matter where Valkyrie is the leader of. The title of queen is just unattainable to her. <laughs> I, there's, uh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I think there's an important thing that, that that missed out. We've seen this Gamora before, too. Yes. This is the Gamora from season one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is, which is fun which is a fun tie-in and, and you know, that see, that doesn't bother me, right? Because that technically violates the everything being a standalone thing, but that doesn't bother me. Does it bother you? Slightly, yes. Okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> okay. Um, this is, this episode is perfection it's a lot of fun yeah it's so much fun it Got feels like Death tony Ray's vibes yeah the, and it, the, but it feels like tony like it oh feels yeah. like you feel like you're watching robert downey jr and and his quips and his one-liners and his and his whatever obviously korg is back so not as big of a cast this time right so you've got mick ringwert doing tony stark again yeah. but jeff goldblum is there as the grandmaster Yep. Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie. Taika Waititi as Korg. Um, Josh Brolin is there as Thanos. So that so there's that. <laughs> yeah. And Rachel House. Is Rachel House... Hang on a second. Yes, Rachel House reprising her role is Topaz. Okay. Okay. Um, perfect episode. Perfect episode. So much fun. High stakes. Yeah, like you said, death race. Um, and it's it it's answering. You know, it ultimately they they yeah. take the they take the question of what what if Tony didn't make it through the wormhole, and they take it in a really goofy, lighthearted, silly direction. But that's fine. With some, right? with some like, pretty kind of fun, serious. Like it's silly and goofy because. Tony Stark doesn't take anything serious. Yes. And he's being put in this situation where technology kind of runs this planet, but it's technology he, he can easily understand and control and make his own. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 And it's just, it's fun. It's fun to see. It's fun to see Korg interacting with everyone. It's fun to see the grandmaster get melted. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> Yeah. It's yeah, it is. It is a fun episode. 
it's just so good. Like this to me, up until this point is the best episode. Um, and I wish that we got more like this. Um, right. Because, and I think maybe again, going back to the first episode, I don't think they tried to do anything that you couldn't have done on the silver screen. Right. Whereas is this is really leaning into the fact this is leaning into the medium. This is leaning yes. into, yeah, it's animated. Away, it's whatever we want it to be. Crazy big stuff. Like there would have been so much CG. I mean, we get a lot of CG anyway from comic book movies now, but like it would have been like 90%, 80%, 95% CG <laughs> if it, if it was yeah. silver screen. Yeah. Like they might've, they would have been animating it anyway. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. But no, I think I think this is just I, this is truly a fantastic episode, and it's fun to see like, okay, who was potentially who was the the Grandmaster's champion before Hulk was, right? We get to mm. see his champion, and then obviously the champion's not Hulk because it's 2012 at this point, um, <clears throat> yeah. and and I like the whole little. You know, it's the Grandmaster's birthday and he's like 22 or something, right? He's like, ah, oh, time time works a little differently here. Yeah. It's so fun. It's so fun. Yeah. Do you have anything else to say about this one? Well, yeah. So we, we see Uh-oh. this Gamora isn't the Gamora. is a Gamora we've seen before. Excuse me. Um, so, yeah. So, it's like season one, we're going to... I'm going to harp on this a bit, this, this episode, yeah. <laughs> but well, that's okay. Cause I assume you're really going to harp on, on it in the next one and the next couple. Yeah. yeah. So season one, we had nine episodes season two. We've got nine episodes. It really wasn't till episode nine that cure characters made a second appearance. So if you, if you, if if you don't do Ultron and you don't do the last episode where we Watcher breaks his oath, you've got seven what if episodes that stand on their own. They don't need anything else, right? They they got they got their own little encamp encapsulated story. Eight and nine kind of break the what if. Well, not so much eight, but because. We don't reintroduce anybody till nine. Nine kind of breaks for me what what should have been the what if mold for this show. And that everything should just be on its own and we we don't use the same characters twice. So that being said, this, this episode breaks that mold because it's not it's not what if Iron Man didn't make it back through or what it or their title if you want to use their title what if iron man crashed into grandmaster it's also what happened what happened to gamora after she came back from season one battling right ultron ultimate ultron so it's not a what if episode anymore it's a it's it's a what happened as well you're you're telling two stories yeah and and that, yeah, that for me, you've broken the mold. 
it's not it's not just what if anymore right you're you're doing something different yeah and while it doesn't ruin this episode because they don't they don't put a huge emphasis on gamora as much as they do they keep that focus on tony like they should have <coughs> the rest of the season definitely starts getting away from them in that in that respect oh yeah yeah so 100 percent this one didn't bother me so much but moving forward it's like oh, yeah i should have rewatched the first season we're only on episode four so we got yeah. three episodes that were kind of what i would consider a true what if and then we got a bunch of what happened and collaboration and yeah. collaboration and yeah yeah so moving on then to another what happened episode <laughs> yeah we have what if captain carter fought the hydra stomper captain peggy carter and natasha romanoff find steve rogers inside the hydra stomper armor aboard the lumerian star but he attacks them. A briefing with Nick Fury leads Romanoff to deduce that Rogers, who went missing in 1953, was captured and brainwashed by the Red Room. Carter and Romanoff help Brock uh, Rumlow protect Bucky Barnes from Rogers before incapacitating him and traveling to a secret hideout in Scotland, where they learn that the suit is keeping Rogers alive though each activation reduces his chances of survival. Rogers offers to help Carter dismantle the Red Room in the hopes of finding a cure before escorting her and Romanoff to a former KGB site. However, the group is ambushed by drones and Black Widow assassins controlled by the Red Room's leader, uh, Melina Vostikov. Vostikov. Uh, who reactivates Roger's brainwashing. While Romanoff holds off Vostikov's forces, Carter reaches out to Rogers, who sacrifices himself to destroy the Red Room. Amidst this, Romanoff uses her grappling hook to tie Vostikov to Roger's suit, killing her in the resulting explosion. As Carter tries to find Rogers, a portal suddenly takes her to a Renaissance-themed universe where she encounters its variants of Fury and Wanda Maximoff. So, I mean, this episode is both a continuation of what we saw in season one. Yep. And is also the true setup of the, sort of the story. climactic conflict of this season. Right. So not only does what? this episode not stand alone because it's had something come before and it has something go after, it's not what if at all. No. It's what happens um, or what Big happened. cast, again, in some ways, simply just by the fact that we have Samuel L. freaking Jackson is here as Nick Fury. Yeah. Um, you have Haley Atwell as Peggy Carter slash Captain Carter. Uh, you have Frank Grillo comes back as Rumlow. You have Sebastian Stan as Bucky Barnes. And you have Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda Maximoff. Mm -hmm. Or in this, uh, technically, Wanda Merlin. Uh, and then you have Rachel uh, Wise, 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 
Wiz as Milena Vostikov <clears throat> from the Black Widow movie. Yeah. And Dis- I, I, think, I feel like, are you moving on from cast? Well, yeah. Who am, okay. I, who am I missing? There's, so like we had a, an excellent stand-in for uh, Iron Man. You think this is a great Steve Rogers? Lake, Lake Bell. No, Lake Bell oh, okay. as Natasha Romanoff did a great job. She does I a think. good job, but I, at no point do I think she sounds anything like Scarlett Johansson. No, but she she feels like Natasha Romanoff. Black. She Widow feels like Natasha seen. Romanoff. Yes, yeah. So she's Which great, just in a different way than Mick Ringwert. Mick Ringwert is like possessed by RDJ. <laughs> yeah, like this is bizarre. Actor. Um. Listen, despite the fact that this is not a what if episode, this is a what happened and a what's going to happen yeah. episode. I I think it's fun that and again, I like they've mistitled this episode. Right? What if what if I Steve think? Rogers was captured by the Red Room? Ooh. Mm. That's something that, you know, then you're like, ooh, the Red Room and Steve Rogers. <sighs> interesting how are those two going to to mesh together because that's a premise that is the premise of this episode that interests me you know what right if i'll I'll, i agree with you um but that only works i think that only works if this isn't the captain carter we've seen before right right because the the end of season one is the beginning of this episode Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a mess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what a mess. Um, I listen. I don't. I don't dislike this episode. I've always been the least interested in the Steve Rogers Peggy Carter. You know, like one of the films that interests me the least is Captain America: The First Avenger. Okay. I don't think it's a bad film at all. I think it's an excellent film. But if you were to ask me what aspect of the MCU, what history, what what in between filler stories, you whatever are you the most interested in, that's not high on my list. Right? Like I just don't it the Hydra Stomper and all this stuff. It just doesn't interest me, right? I'm like we're we're done with Hydra. Hydra's been done for a while. Let's move on. Hmm. right we're like this old we're just trying to circle back to old things now and we will talk about that in a bit with the infinity stones my god um but the hydra star in the red room aren't hydra no but the hydra stomper still alludes to hydra right like it's still it we're still in that era where hydra is the big baddie and and yeah i mean yeah technically because this episode, the start of this episode is technically the start of um, the second Captain America film. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, the, the name of the, the mech that Steve Rogers pilots, this Hydra Stomper, is named that because that's what it was named in World War II. Yes. Um, so, I, I don't know. I'm intrigued by a brainwashed... Steve Rogers who is although like 
brainwashed by the Red Room, but brainwashed in a very similar fashion to how Bucky is brainwashed by Hydra. Oh, you know what they should have done? What? And it's it kind of takes that brainwashing thing that you're talking about. They should have done. What if Captain America was an agent of Hydra? Yeah, see, because they there. they did it in the better. comics just recently, and then like we've like we were saying earlier, these are this is a great place to kind of wet the palates of the comic book ner- uh, nerds out there like myself. Right? Yeah, like we're not going to get Captain America, Hi- agent of Hydra, like no. fr- from the comics in MCU, but you could have done it here. You could have had yeah. Captain America go hail Hydra, right? Like. That was such a big thing in the comics not that long ago. Yeah. Oh, see, and that's they interesting. It. Oh, damn it, <laughs> Brady. <laughs> see, that would have been good. Oh, and, and so, so I don't, much better than this. I don't dislike this episode. I just think it's kind of weak. Like it's just not right. You so know, I, it's not a what if story. I, We're already out of what if. So are you saying it's weak because it's not a what if story? Or are you saying it's weak just because of the premise? Um, no, I mean, again, I like the Red Room Steve Rogers thing, although it seems a little weird because Steve Rogers has really never had a connection to the Red Room, right? right? Whereas he has with Hydra. Yeah. Like, um, where, how much did the Red Room actually exist in World War II has never really been dove into so I, right. I guess it, it I is mean, kind of open there that they there. can play with it, but yeah. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I don't know it. I, the red room thing fascinates me more than the Hydra thing, just because the red room is something that we, as, as much as we sort of delved into it in the black widow movie, there's still so many question marks around the red room. Yeah. Right. And, and how it works and why it was the way it was like, there's just so it much around. Yeah, there's just like a lot of really interesting stuff there. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I mean, I think it's just a weak episode because a, a weak episode for me because a, it's following characters who I've historically been slightly less interested in. Um, and it just feels like, it just kind of feels like anytime we, we and I and I get that these are what if stories, so the purpose is not to progress the story. Um, but anytime we kind of go back to, you know, Steve before he went into the ice, or or Steve back in the fifties and the forties and the what, I just feel like we're rummaging around in the past. Yeah, right, and we're just kind of like not. Yeah, so and I think we're not really treading any new ground. Yeah, so I think one of the big things here, but for I, I feel like maybe what's happened with this season is people loved what they did with Peggy Carter in season one, and I'll admit, like even though the last episode wasn't really a what if episode because we got an, an amalgamation of characters from previous episodes in the season, it still kind of was like what yeah. if all these characters became the multiverse Avengers. That's kind of a what if story in itself, even though we've already seen them. And Peggy Carter was awesome in her own sh- episode and in that finale episode. And people, I think people really liked that character. 
And then we got Peggy Carter and Doctor Strange. Not the same Peggy Carter as our What If episodes here, but another Peggy Carter. And she was pretty cool. I feel like they were like, people like Peggy Carter. Let's just make this up season about Peggy Carter. <laughs> and yeah. that was the wrong train of thought. <laughs> and Haley Atwell is a lot cheaper to get than Chris Evans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's a lot but, cheaper. Yeah. And I, so I'm going to. So, yeah. So this episode, I, I'm kind of on the same field as, as you. I don't think the premise is as bad. I think the approach to it is was wrong. It's not a what if episode by any no. stretch of the imagination because we're, we're dealing with this. We've seen this character in two other episodes in last season, um, which, yeah, but I, I would agree. Like, it's not a bad episode. And I'll say this for all the other episodes where we see Peggy Carter again. They're not bad. No, but no, no. Her reoccurrence doesn't make it feel like what I want my what if what I what a what if if episode should feel like, right? So, and 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 in my opinion, that hurts it overall. But not like as individual episodes, it might not necessarily hurt it, but overall, it hurts the series. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I I would agree. Anyway, I would agree. This one's a big. Uh, uh, it's not a win. It's not a loss. Yeah. Um, so moving on back to an actual, I would say, even though this is going to have some future tie-ins in the season, yeah, back it, to a what if. Yeah, this one ends with something that makes it not a what if, but yeah, it's it uh, in itself, it is definitely a what if, and a cool kind of a cool what if. It's uh, yeah. Listen, uh, okay, I'll I'll read the synopsis first. Yeah. It, 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 so the episode is, what if Kahori reshaped the world? After Surtur destroys Asgard during Ragnarok, the Tesseract crash lands in a lake in the Haudenosaunee Confederacy in pre-colonial America, giving it magical properties. After numerous tribespeople disappear while interacting with it, it becomes known as the Forbidden Lake. In the late 15th century, young Mohawk siblings Kahori and Wata, Wata are hunted by Spanish uh, con- conquistadors. 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 I, re- I always screw that word up. Who ransacked the village in search of the Fountain of Youth. While hiding inside a cave, Wata is captured by Kahori. Uh, Wada is captured and Kahori is shot, causing her to fall into the Forbidden Lake, which teleports her to another dimension where she is nursed back to health by fellow Mohawk people. A villager named uh, At- Atrax. Atrax? Yeah. Sorry for me butchering all of these pronunciations. <laughs> explains that the missing tribespeople were teleported into the Sky World where they gained powers and immortality, but were unable to return home. Kahori familiarizes herself with her newfound powers and the conquist... What is it? Conquistadors. Conquistadors. Stupid name. Enter the lake, (laughs) believing it to be the fountain, and invade the sky world. 
Kahori stops them and forces the portal from the sky to the ground and returns home. She and the village defeat the conquistadors, <laughs> rescue her power. Because it, it's stupid. Because it's like, is it? Is it? Were are they Spanish? They must yeah. be. Yeah, Spanish they're Spanish, right? Conquistadors. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So it's less stupid. I just can't say it because I'm stupid. Rescue her people and later force Queen Isabella to make peace. Soon after, Doctor Strange Supreme emerges from a separate portal and approaches Kahori. Okay. I need to preface this. I want to preface this. I have great respect and have had the privilege because of the job that I've had for the last year and a half, I've had the privilege of being in, in rooms during ceremonies and working with and being involved in, in stuff with first nations people that I would not have had the, the first nations and, and native Americans that I would not have had the opportunity to do if if not being in the job that I am, right? Like things, like sacred things that normally super white guys like me are not are not in the room for, right? Don't get to be a part of. Um, so this, the whole culture is very near and dear to me. Having said that, this is a stupid episode. This is a stupid episode. Not because I think it's an uninteresting, boring, or bad episode. The opposite. I think it's very interesting. I think it's fun. I think it's a good episode. But it's stupid because the whole idea to me of what if is what if the stories that you already know went a little differently than than the way you know them to have gone. Hmm. Right? What okay. if this one variable changes? Not let's introduce new characters that you've never heard of before. Hmm. Right? And so to me that just seemed weird. Because it's like, I, listen, I don't know if Marvel has plans for Kahori to show up at some point in on the sacred timeline and that like I don't know. If if they do, that might piss me off even more because why would you introduce a character and set them up in your animated what if show? That seems stupid. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like what are you doing? Um it, so it just seemed it seemed bizarre to me that this was a what if episode about someone who we've never met before right? Introducing a new hero, right? So, uh, you know, it's not what if Kahori reshaped the world. It's what if, because people are looking at that going, well, who the hell is Kahori? Fair question. The question, the, the, the episode is more, what if after Asgard was destroyed, the, the Tesseract ended up in a lake and a Mohawk woman received superpowers as a result of it? A Mohawk woman who you've never met before and you, you know, you don't, whatever. I, what pisses me off more than anything when it comes to film and 
the inclusion of different cultures and different ethnicities and different, you know, whatever, right? The opposite of whitewashing. Because whitewashing pisses me off. Don't get me wrong. But what pisses me off more, what pisses me off more than anything else is when it feels like a story or a direction or a decision or whatever it is was made simply for the purposes of inclusion. Well, we have to do this story, otherwise we won't be seen as, when there's like a political agenda to it, right? Because to me, that's kind of like, and I don't know that that's what they're doing here, but it kind of, it kind of feels like it might be, right? Because it's almost, you almost border on, you know, if you're, if the reason you're doing this is simply because you don't have a Native American character yet, and and so you better do it because otherwise you're going to seem insensitive and non-inclusive. <clears throat> that to me is almost more, it, it almost becomes racist again. It almost becomes, you know, oh, well, we better give a special treatment because, oh, I was actually having a conversation with this about someone last night, right? A, a, a coworker of mine who is from Trinidad, right? And we were talking about it and he agreed. I was like, this has always been my stance and he agrees. I was like, the problem for so many white people is that they get so concerned about, so worried that they're racist that they go out of their way a little bit and give a little extra special treatment to their black friends or, or their black coworkers or, or whatever. And, and then that kind of becomes racist again, right? Like it's, it's special treatment. It's, it's different treatment Um, because of their skin color and their ethnicity. And so this to me is just like, I don't know that that's why they're doing this. I just don't understand if it's not that, if it's not, you know, hey, wow, we have Black Panther and we have Shang-Chi and we have, you know, we have all this other representation. We don't have a North American, Native American representation. So we better, we, we better get on that. To me, that's bullshit. And, and you're not doing anybody justice. You're not doing anybody any favors by doing it that way. And you're especially not doing anyone any favors or any justice by like, if that is your goal, if your goal is to be more inclusive, that's great. But if you're introducing this character simply because you're worried about not seeming inclusive and you're going to dump this character on a who gives a shit animated doesn't matter or mean anything show then that pisses me off. Yeah. You could even compound your argument with the fact that there are Native American heroes within Marvel canon. <laughs> they, yeah. They could have, like, why so do you- use you, them. You take somebody that people already know and love and give them their their limelight. Like, I don't, I'm not familiar with, is, is, like, she doesn't have, she's not, her name is an applicable link on IMDb. Or on uh, Wikipedia. Kahori, Is Kahori was created for What If. So, they ju- yeah, they just literally pulled this character out of their ass. Yeah. So, I... 
in listen again i don't know that that's i don't know that that's was the motivation behind this but i also don't get and it's not just a native american thing this could be a white hero this could be a whoever why are you giving us why are you giving us a what if episode about someone why are you making up a character well what if there was a what if there was a character named this well, I, I don't know. What if there was a banana with a sentient banana with superpower? I, the, the options for that are endless. But that's not what this. That's not the understood premise of this show. And yeah. so that's what so, leads me to think so you know that what? it's more of a political sidestep. I, I would have to. Not that we're ranking individual episodes, but if if we yeah. were, I would be down ranking my episode after your argument. Not the Native American part. The what if. No. This isn't a what if The what episode. if part. Yeah, like, because I, I really, I thought this was a really cool premise and idea. It's a great episode. But you're right. Great it's story. not really a true kind of what if episode. Because even a lot of comic what if, I think, I don't want to say all, but I'll, because I'll, there might be some, some one or two here or there that aren't. But like, for the most part, what if episodes are kind of, as you say, moments in comics where they where that where a character makes another choice or something else happens to to force? Isn't everything Jeffrey to go in a Wright's direction. whole monologue? Jeffrey Wright's whole monologue is about like the stories, the way that you know them, and and whatever. Yeah. But what you know? So, what if they happened a little differently? Yeah. And what so if you know? Even even like the the preface for this episode Asgard destroyed by Surtur well in the MCU as we know it Surtur's destroyed in the 2000s of Earth's history right because yeah. because the MCU kind of follows our year timeline yeah right 2012 is when Avengers came out well That's, right up until Endgame and then things well, jump by yeah. like five years but yeah but but yeah, the point is like when when Asgard was destroyed in the MCU would have been the same kind of year on Earth that it was released in theaters when we got yeah. Ragnarok. So this yeah. is saying what if what if Surtur destroyed Asgard a lot sooner? So that's that's your first what if, <laughs> uh, and we don't see any of that, and that's assuming that the Tesseract is also on Asgard at that time. Which in the MCU it was not. Right. So there's another what if. And then yep. so yeah, it it's making a lot of new what if assumptions to create this this thing, none of which fall within the world we already know. Yep. So you're right. This is not not would not be a true kind of what if episode. No, it it's weird. It it like you know. Having said that, great episode. Mm-hmm. Like fun. It was episode. a really fun episode. I like the character. Great premise, I, an idea. But yeah, yeah. Can we call it a true what weird. if? Weird. I'm with you. I think I think we can't. I I, I would have said yes prior to your what you were saying. But yeah, you're absolutely right. It's not really a what-if episode. And the only returning cast for this one is Benedict Cumberbatch, obviously shows up as Doctor Strange at the end. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Last 30 seconds, he shows up. 
moving on. What if Hela found the Ten Rings? Now, right off the bat, I'm intrigued by yep. this title because Hela is another kind of big question. There's a whole history there <laughs> with Odin and Asgard and Hela, and <clears throat> that we we've only kind of heard glimpses of. So anything including yeah. Hela, I'm Very like okay. Premise. I'm kind of interested, yeah. You merge that with the Ten Rings, which we only recently kind of got some sh- light shed on. Oh, and there's so many questions about the Ten Rings. Yeah, We're there's still like, a lot of unknowns. Yeah. Um, so growing weary of Hela's bloodlust in the Nine Realms, Odin banishes her to Earth and strips her powers by destroying Mjolnir and placing an enchantment on her crown. So kind of echoing, it's like, oh, okay, Mjolnir was Hela's weapon in this universe. And I'm pretty sure it was her weapon in our universe too. In the, was in it? the ceiling, in the ceiling, uh, when she tears Ooh, down it? the architecture of the ceiling to reveal her and Odin, I'm pretty sure she's holding Odin. Or holding I gotta pull Mjolnir. this up right now. I gotta see. Hela mural in... Ragnarok. Yes, she is. She is. Good golly. Okay, so that was hers. Um, and it turns out that this whole, you know, whoever be worthy thing, that's like Odin's go-to move. <laughs> yeah. I put, <laughs> that's his prime punishment for uh, selfish children. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Note Hela to lands. self, take my son's favorite toy and put an enchantment on it. <laughs> yeah. So he casts her out. Hela lands in medieval China and is confronted by the armies of Zen Wenwu and uh, she attempts to retrieve the crown but fails. Wenwu keeps Hela alive and tries to recruit her to his army but she escapes after failing to steal his ten rings. She is guided by a Hunden Hunden? Hunden? To, to the realm of Taylo, which, of course, is where Shang-Chi's mom is from, where she convinces their leader, Jay Li, to let her join their cause. Jay Li teaches Hela martial arts after she recognizes her true desire for freedom from control. <coughs> Excuse me. After Heimdall reports his failures to locate Hela, Odin visits Earth to battle Wenwu in retaliation. Hela joins Wenwu in fighting against Odin, ultimately winning and regaining her worthiness to wield her crown. Odin recognizes Hela's growth and submits Asgard's throne to her. Hela unites the armies of Asgard and Wenwu's Ten Rings organization and embarks on a journey to ensure freedom across the Nine Realms and beyond, becoming, uh, no, coming to rescue, coming to the rescue of Gamora's people as Thanos attacks them. This is a, okay, so Cape Blanchett is back as Hela. Idris Elba is there as Heimdall. And I th- think that's it as far as recognizable um, returning yeah. cast. Every, everyone else is a new voice actor filling the role. Yeah. 
It's um, funny that Idris Elba came back because well, I've I've read reports that he hated playing Heimdall. Well, you know, you know a afternoons of <laughs> afternoon of voice work yeah. for a good chunk of money is, I suppose. you know, yeah. <laughs> um, this is maybe the most misleading title I've ever seen. Because she never this actually gets click- the ten rings. Oh, it's such a clickbait title. Yeah. Right, Ca- because your assumption, of, cast your of, yeah, your assumption is be like, oh yeah. shit, right? You you read this title <laughs> and you go, holy crap, Hella with all the powers of Hella, but now she's also wielding the ten rings. Yeah, never happens. No, it's not at all what yeah. this episode is. Would have been, yeah, a better title would have been like, what if she was cast out of Asgard, or what if she lost her crown, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, they really then, they're so, really missing the mark on these titles for sure. <laughs> yeah, and and then so ultimately as a result, yeah. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. It, 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 like what the what the episode ends up being, I, I just don't care. It, it doesn't end up being interesting to me. I'm like okay. The yeah, titles were. I'm, I quickly looked back to episode season one. The season one titles were. We're way better. <laughs> way more they, accurate. Yeah. They were missing. They're missing the mark here. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. I missed what you said. You, uh, <laughs> oh, I just don't care about this episode. Really? Right? I cared. I cared about the premise. The, 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 the teased the premise, premise. The lied to me premise. And then I watched it. And, and I don't know, I don't know if, if it had been titled more accurately, if I would have enjoyed it more. I don't know if I'm just salty because I didn't get what I like, Mm. it was like, oh, that's not what I thought it was going to be. Um, but this just, this is just not a standout episode to me. Like, it's just interesting, you know, eh, it's just whatever. Like I just didn't end up caring. (laughs) Yeah. It worked for me. Like for a, what if, like, this is a true, what if episode in my opinion like what if the hella we knew got the thor treatment in terms of punishment right. instead of being cast instead of be locked away in some unknown realm for eons what if what if uh odin uh did to thor did to her what he did to thor and made her kind right. of learn a lesson and grow right and become yeah. something more. I thought I thought that was yeah. That was that was cool. I really liked it. I enjoyed it. Well, good for you. She yeah. Like I'm real happy kind for of, you. She goes on that and she kind of does like she goes literally just goes on that kind of journey of self-discovery. Yeah. Yeah, <sighs> but I just I don't I don't know. <laughs> just for me, I just, it was, I don't know why. I don't you're know just, why I didn't like it. Bitter about the title, eh? <laughs> I think I'm just bitter about the title. Episode eight. What if the Avengers assembled in 1602? A little misleading of a title. I am so disappointed by this episode for reasons that aren't related to what if. <laughs> All right, we'll get into that. But first, After arriving in the Elizabethan-era-themed universe, Captain Carter agrees to help Wanda Merlin and Sir Nicholas Fury stop an impending incursion. She saves Prince Loki 
from being pulled into a tear, but fall fails to save Queen Hela and is hunted by Sir Harold the Happy Hogan under King Thor's orders. Carter learns the incursion is occurring due to the presence of the forerunner, another time-displaced individual, and works with Tony Stark to build a device that can identify the forerunner using the time stone in Thor's scepter. Because at this point, Marvel is just like, I don't know, people like the Infinity Stone stuff. Let's just keep, <laughs> let's keep harking on the Infinity Stone. Hammer this. Oh, God. (laughs) Tony suggests she is working with the outlaws, Steve Rogers, Bucky Barnes, and Scott Lang. Very, like, Robin Hood-esque kind of guys to help steal it. Carter finds the group, but then they are ambushed by Hogan. Carter gives herself up before freeing herself in a masked Bruce Banner. They meet with Stark and join Rogers' group in infiltrating Thor's court. With Wanda and Fury's help, the group retrieves the time stone for Stark's device, which identifies Rogers as the forerunner, who had inadvertently created a temporal anomaly while battling Thanos. Carter bids farewell to Rogers and returns him to his time, preventing the incursion before she is met by Strange Supreme. Uh, For cast, we have Haley Atwell as Peggy Carter, Samuel... Sorry, I'm sounding like Pete. Samuel L. Jackson as Sir Nicholas Fury. Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda Maximoff, or Wanda Merlin, rather. Chris Hemsworth as King Thor Odinson. Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner. John Favreau as Sir Harold the Happy Hogan slash the Freak. Um, Paul Rudd as Scott Lang, Sebastian Stan as Bucky Barnes, Benedict Cumberbatch. We got the whole, the whole team. Yeah. The whole team's here. It, it, strangely, the whole team is here because most of them don't appear in the, in the finale. Uh, this is, <laughs> this was kind of the cast budget episode. I, I don't know. I don't know why, why it was done that way, but whatever. Um, this is a very, this is not a what if episode at all. This is a what happened, what's happening, what's going to happen. And this is the one, this is the episode where for me, like it's, it's, it's an entertaining episode. Don't get me wrong. It's entertaining. I had fun watching it, except this is where things were thrown together in a very sloppy manner because you sort of get a nod at the fact like okay you don't need an explanation for sam jackson's like this is just the 1602 sam jackson nicholas fury that's fine this is the 1602 you know uh thor this is the 1602 tom hiddleston this is the 1602 bruce banner that's fine. 1602 Scott Lang. We kind of get, you know, okay, this is the Steve Rogers that was pulled back from a different time. So that kind of explains why he's there. Captain Carter obviously is there from when we see her get sucked through the the portal, right? 
we get a flashback to that. We get to see it like from a different angle. We get to see the continuation of that shot. Makes sense for me why or how or is it the same one? Is it just a coincidence that the 1602 Happy Hogan is also the freak? Or is this the Happy Hogan that saved Christmas and for some reason now he's in 1602? I don't know. It's like it it's like it 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 all comes together, but in a who gives a shit how we get there yeah. kind of way. Just, we we we've got these characters. Let's mash them in here. Let's just Let's ram just them in, in here whether they belong here or not, or whether it makes sense or not. Or, yeah. What if? What if people just stopped questioning Marvel's ways? What if? I uh, Yeah. I don't know. It's stupid. It's it's an entertaining episode. It's a fun episode. It is. There's fun banter. There, it's fun to see the whole Robin Hood thing go down. It's fun to see sixteen oh two Tony Stark. It's fun to see of all of that moments. stuff. Yeah. But it's just a garbage story. Like it yeah. doesn't tie in, and it shouldn't tie in, and it should have just been its own thing. Yeah. The only reason it ties in is because. Captain Peggy Carter in episode five disappeared through a portal. And because in the next episode, she has to save the universe again. That's yeah. The only, it's it. That's it. That's and why I mean, this is here. <laughs> I've, I've felt this way about shows for a long time. Like a show that you and I, uh, I got you into, but a show that I've been into for a long time. And I've never seen all of, because I reached a point a couple of times i'm like all right this is the time i'm just gonna watch it all and then i reach like the eighth or ninth season and i'm like i can't do it i just i like i'm just not interested (laughs) anymore is supernatural right and one of my things in supernatural for a very long time is it was a better show when each week each episode they were in a new city it was a different case a different monster, a different type of whatever, and it wasn't. Th- th- there was, there was still some throughput, but it wasn't as much as later on when it's like, well, this is just a continuation of what's happened in the last eight when episodes. It, yeah, when it was less of a serial show and more of yeah. a one-off. Yeah, I felt the same way. I, listen, much to friend of the show Emily Mater's disgruntlement, I have some major issues with the show Smallville. Right. It, it's a fun kind of what if different version of the story thing. And, and for that, it's fine. What the, I guess the issue that I take with it is more like people like Emily who, who only really know, like that is their knowledge of Superman. And it's like, well, okay, but hang on. <laughs> Cause there's like, that can't be your Superman knowledge because that's, it's not, it's Smallville, right? That can be Smallville knowledge, but that's not Superman knowledge. Um, even in the early seasons, I assume you've seen Smallville. You watched Smallville? I've seen some of it. So in the Enough early of couple of, first couple of seasons, it's, it's very, it's got that supernatural kind of like, oh, there's some guy that's shown up and he's got this type of powers and we got to figure that out this week. And and the thing with the bugs and the thing with, you know, what, like each episode is just kind of its own thing until it became this big serial story. And, and then I'm just like, ah, okay. Like, because the problem with that, the problem with that 
you know, with Supernatural, when it, when it was a story that was each week was a new thing. If you didn't like the story, that was fine because in 40 minutes it's going to be over and we're on to something new. Whereas when it was this, once it became this like heavily serialized thing, if you didn't like the story, if you didn't care about the story, I'm sorry, son, that's the next 22 episodes. It's the next 22 episodes. That's the story of this season. Sorry. Sorry about your luck. <clears throat> right? So I, I just, anyways. Um, yeah. And that's the issue with, with what if is that it should be. No show has ever been more poised to completely ignore the pull or the temptation to serialize itself. No show has ever been more perfectly positioned <laughs> yeah. to just make each episode its <clears throat> own well-wrapped thing that has nothing to do with anything it, else. Not only that, it has absolutely no need or no right to be any for anything close to a serial <laughs> by design. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We're on the same page here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it, yeah. It, so interesting. Interesting. But, but just a, a sloppy, Sloppy conglomeration of a story that didn't need to be conglomerated. Yeah. Yeah. Final Not only episode. that. Not only yep. that. As a fan of the comic book 1602 series, which was the original run was written by the amazing, uh, if you love comic books, well-known Neil Gaiman, like guys, a legend in comic books. <clears throat> and this show, in my opinion, just butchered it. Like, yeah, this is, I'm not, for, is, I'm not, I, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't have an opinion either way on that. Cause yeah. I'm not, this is I don't so far story, from what but. 1602 is and should be that I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> it does okay. some things right, but <sighs> It's like when I when I, when I heard sixteen oh two was going to be a what if episode, I was so excited, and then I watched this and I was like, "This happens in sixteen oh two, but this is not the Marvel's comic book sixteen oh two. They're 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 right. They're, this is clickbait for anybody who loved the sixteen oh two comics, right? And it's a trap." Yeah. It's a trap and a travesty. It's a trap. Yeah. <coughs> so. Okay. Yeah, it's very disappointing. All right, our season finale. And a title that suggests you're not even trying anymore. Yeah. What if Strange Supreme intervened? <laughs> what? <laughs> you're not you're not even you're not at least the other titles even when they weren't setting up their own unique premise, even when they were misdirects, at least sounded like they were setting up their own unique premise. This is just, well, what if, what if the story continued and we 
tell you how, how it works out. <laughs> what if we what if we give away the 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 catalyst in the title and we make it perfectly clear that we're just continuing what's already happened. Yeah. Strange Supreme takes Captain Carter to his sanctum infinitum. 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 I don't know. Where he reveals that he has been <laughs> capturing universe killers to atone for his sins and asks her for help in capturing an escaped variant who fled to a universe where Hydra used the Tesseract to destroy the world. Carter agrees and encounters Kahori. Welcome back. Who reveals that Strange has been capturing variants to feed the Forge, a contraption he built to uh, resurrect his lost universe. A Strange, or as Strange attempts to kill Kahori, Carter frees his captives, allowing her and Kahori to escape. Amidst the chaos, the pair encounter Black Panther Killmonger, who Kahori separates from his armor, allowing Carter to use his infinity stones. He's back. There's there's your season one. Yeah. Black Panther from season one. Tie in. <clears throat> Stupid. Not, not that we haven't had a bunch already. <laughs> while the pair battle to uh while the pair battle strange at the forge, the variants lend their weapons to the two women while Kahori sends them home. Strange is taken over by his demonic self. Though Carter separates them, as the forge collapses, Strange sacrifices himself and his counterpart to it. The Watcher returns Kahori home and brings Carter to Strange's restored universe, revealing he succeeded in resurrecting Christine Palmer, though he can never be reborn into it. Carter asks the Watcher to show her the multiverse before taking her home, because I'm sure nothing bad can come of that. Yeah. And we need Peggy Carter for season three. She's got she's yeah. got to be in at least half the episodes. <laughs> Listen, uh, fun episode. It was. I Like, I like the episode. Yeah. That, just right? Same as all like, the other the ones str- that aren't what if episodes. Strange, <laughs> strange turns out to be... A universe killer. Strange turns out to be the dick he always was in the first season. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but but just why, right? Like, what is the show? Understand, try to understand, Marvel, what show it is that you're making. Yeah. Because either you don't get it or you do get it but you misled us and you don't care <laughs> and you don't you care. obviously don't care if you get it yeah this, yeah again this is not a what if this is uh and, and what else <laughs> yeah yeah i uh, i don't know i don't have anything else to say i don't have anything else to say about this it's a fun episode but just like it's just unnecessary yeah not not what if not what if it's not, not what, what if. if at all no what's so a what else and oh what what happens <laughs> yeah yeah all right that. carl here's the question for you i'm not i was first i was going to ask you if you want a season three i, I but your answer doesn't matter I, whether we want it or not doesn't matter 
right? They're probably going to do it. Yeah. Because why not? You can do these relatively cheap. You get to stretch your creative muscles. Yeah. You get to tell I, the stories that you want to tell. Do, I, I would, you know what? I do want one. I would love a season three. They're not going to change their format, even, though. Even it, though, even though we got a bunch of and what else and and what happens, we did get some cool what ifs. Like we did. What if Gamora? What if Peter Quill? What if Happy Hogan? And even though what if Iron Man had a what happens to in it, it was it was it focused more on the Iron Man aspect than the Gamora we've already seen. Yeah. So even though over half were well, I guess the first Kahori episode. Yeah. So I'd say half over, just kind of one and a half. Uh, yeah. We'll we'll split it right down the middle. Half were great kind of what if episodes i think yeah so even if we get more captain carter which is completely unnecessary for a what if show because <laughs> we've already gotten plenty of her give give me some what if someone else <laughs> instead I, I i'd be down for more even if i even if half of them aren't what ifs because like we said even though they're not like what what a what if episode should be, they were there was still some fun to be had. Yeah, yeah, it was still fun, and you know, so maybe just start giving us half seasons. Give us the first four episodes, first five episodes. Yeah, <laughs> and then just ignore the rest. Just take take your plans for tying it all together and leave them on the floor. Yeah. On a scale of zero to ten, how would you rank season two of What If? Uh, man. As a whole. If I'm looking at it as a whole, as a what if Marvel show, I, I got to give it like a five. Like these aren't what if episodes. <laughs> They're yeah. like we've been like we were, we're beating, we're beating a dead horse at this point. So I don't need to explain it. I'm not gonna, but they're not what ifs as a yeah. Marvel animated project. It's a lot. I would say it's a lot higher. But for a what if season, it's a five. It's fun, but it misses the mark more than it hits for a what if. What about you? Uh, I give it a three. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't care. I like it. It, you know, the, the shining star in this season was the Tony Stark on Sakaar episode. That was your favorite? It was my favorite. And everything else was just kind of lowered it, the score. Yeah. Just For me, it'd it be down. a toss-up between <clears throat> episode one and episode two. Yeah? I really like the cyberpunk one. Blade Runner feel of yeah. Nebula joining the Nova Corps. See, I'm also not a Blade Runner fan, so that doesn't do anything for me. But, you know. But that's just because I've never seen either of the Blade Runner films. <gasps> Technically, there's like six or seven or probably ten. Well, whatever. But the, <laughs> if you, you, if you can turn, I mean. if you count all the re-releases and you know what I cuts. mean, <laughs> you know what I mean. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you check out our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter all listed below. We have a Patreon page with some, not only some more content coming this year, um, but potentially a whole new type of content. We've just sort of been chit-chatting about and workshopping um, how we're going to make that work. Um, but stay tuned for that. 
And we have a merch page. What if there was more merch? Uh, then there'd be more options for people to... Is this a trick question? I don't... I don't know. We're, we're doing a what if episode, so I'm posing the question. What if... Oh, okay. What if we allowed our Patreons to create merch for us? Um, then that'd be an option, I guess. <laughs> that'd be a thing. Uh, but yeah, keep, uh, you know, keep tuned. We're, we've got some fun things on the way. Um, Carl and I are, are now at the point now that what if is out of the way. Stay tuned probably this coming week for the first episode of Echo. Um, Maybe all the episodes. We need to talk. <laughs> I don't know. Did you watch it all? No, I haven't. But I feel like it's something we could do do an amalgamation episode for again, too. Because it's only six Let episodes. Me, hang on. Let me watch the first episode, and then I'll weigh in. All right. All right. And until next week, when we talk about news, it's a big news week coming up this coming week. It's going to be a solid episode. Be a solid episode. Mm. You excited? I'm, um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I'm intrigued. Big, big stuff. Big stuff. Yeah, yeah. Big stuff. Like more, there's a new Jurassic World movie mo- coming. More, no more Deadpool rumors. I bet. <laughs> oh, probably. Yeah, definitely yeah. some Fantastic Four stuff, some Jurassic Park stuff, all kinds of stuff coming. Fun. <laughs> You're so full of shit. <laughs>